Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 28 here at the AEA Studios on March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your morning host, Mike McKenna. So what are you going to be doing tomorrow, Mr. McKenna? I'm going to be um, doing what all good Irishmen do. I'm going to go to Mass and then do my work for the day and then i'm gonna mind my own damn business and try to avoid all the idiots who go out and get drunk <laughs> very good that's very my good. tentative plan very good. and on friday saint joseph's the feast of saint joseph i'm of course going to celebrate that by the wearing of the brown and eating pasta it's a big week for me yes i'm ready yes. to go i'm very excited about friday because i can eat my uh i can eat my meat and drink my drink that's supposedly good for you you should so. do that. Uh, we need to start whatever we do with a shout out to one of our listeners who needs to remain mostly anonymous because of the company he works at, um, is a frequent and deserved target of our scorn. Uh, Richard, Richard, um, thanks for listening. I appreciate Richard, it. Is that his alias? That's uh, the best I can do. <laughs> I can't even, give you a last, can't even give you a last initial. It'd be too obvious. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I don't have any shout outs today uh individual shouts today although i will say i'm a little upset that our special guest for the week decided to bail on us and go skiing it's twice in a row for her i'm not but sure that's okay you know, i guess it's, so no it's we'll, not we'll get it it's ridiculous we'll who goes skiing out. in march we'll get it worked out march is spring break you're supposed to go to the beach not skiing all right today marks the 54th day since president biden signed the kill order for the keystone pipeline and last i heard Still no jobs for those union workers who were laid off. No green jobs for those well, union workers. Well, the good news is, is that I'm pretty confident he's going to hold a press conference about those lack of jobs shortly. Think he'll, so. think he'll, he'll be asked. Think he'll be asked a question about those. <laughs> I did in his seems, pre in his pre programmed. It seems unlikely. I I predict questions about his dog. And how wonderful his wife is, and a bunch of other questions. But I doubt we're going to get any substantive. Yeah, questions. I know because the. Uh, um, I guess the dogs had to go back to yeah. Delaware. Yeah. They, they were a little unruly. But the younger apparently. one apparently nipped a Secret Service agent because he or she was new to the space. I'm like, well, unlike the dog who'd been there for, what, 20 years? I'm like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the good news is we know all about that. We know more about those dogs than we do about... Um, anything Biden's else in the Biden administration? Anything else in the Biden administration? Yeah. So I wrote my my March note. Um, you know that the big long thing that, that I'm the only one who reads, and um, and I got a bunch of feedback on it, and like a good handful of people. And it only goes out to about a hundred people. A good handful of people hit me back and said, "What do you think about the the, the president's mental state?" I'm like, "Did I become a psychologist while I was asleep?" I it you know. It's, well, since you bring it up, since I, I do it have up. a flurry of Biden clips. I call it a Biden blitz. <laughs> a Bidenorama. So um, I guess we can – let's just get started. I was going to save them for later, but – No time like the Now present. is as good a time as any. So here's, here's number one. Almost every single aspect would be significant, would be – if you took the piece of this bill and broke it into all the pieces. <laughs> okay, that's – that was number one. <laughs> I'll throw another one in there. This is a very short one. You ready? A child poverty in half with, with and you know. <laughs> okay. This is all, by the way, touting the virtues of his stimulus. I know. Bill. This is all the good news. So, 
here's another one. Um, I think this one. Pay attention and see who who you think he's referring to when he bring in, invokes the name Debbie. Because I think most of you and thank you already for what you did. I even called Pallone. He wasn't there though. He was on the other side of the river. We joke all the time. He's in he's in New Jersey. I'm in Delaware. I keep reminding him Delaware owns the Delaware River up to the high water mark in New Jersey. But all all kidding aside, I want to thank you all. And you know, I served a long time in the United States Senate, longer than anybody if I was still there at the time, other than Pat. If I were still in the Senate, I'd be Senator Pro Tem because I was two years ahead of Pat. But all kidding aside, we've still with a, a lot of great majority leaders. Because what you all did with it and the refinements you made, it directly addressed the emergency in this country. Because it focuses on what people need most. Debbie and I often talked about, you got to tell people in plain, simple, straightforward language what it is you're doing to help. you got to be getting this money. Who the hell's Debbie? <laughs> I don't know who Debbie is. Who the hell's Debbie? I thought it was Jill. I thought it was Dr. Jill. I, it, I mean, there's Debbie Dingle. Could it be Debbie Stabenow? I, I, it, 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 yeah, I find it hard to believe that we talk all the time with a, a obscure senator from Michigan. <laughs> but but I mean, who the hell's who Debbie? Debbie? Okay, here's another one. Uh, I want to see if this in, this harkens you back to another time and another politician. Because it did me. I spent four or five hours a day for six months. I talked to over 160 mayors, probably more than two or three times. Every governor, save one, who was looking at from Alaska to Russia. And making sure that we're in a situation where we talk to everybody. But it takes the devils in the details. Was he, does he, did he mean that he talked to everyone except for Sarah Palin? I think that's what he meant to say. It, the English language is not his friend. I, I you know, I mean, it, it never has been. But wow, this is the one that went viral. So I'll play this one. In the coming weeks, we will issue further guidance on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated to lessen the confusion, to keep people safe, and encourage more people to get vaccinated. And finally, fifth, and maybe most importantly, I promise I will do everything in my power. I will not relent until we beat this virus. But I need you, the American people. I need you. I need every American to do their part. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's sort of where history kind of catches up with guys after a while, I guess. it. You know, I, I listen to that whole speech, which is rare for me. I usually don't. I usually ignore presidential speeches. He's living in a different country than the rest of us, right? Well, first of all, he he said that if we all do our part, he needs you, Tom. That we might be able to have a backyard barbecue right. on on Independence Day. Right. Who the hell hasn't been having? Right. Who even in the even in the communist lockdown yeah, and, state of Ma Montgomery County in in my county, we have had barbecues. Yeah, and and that's a you know that's what I'm saying. It, I listen to the whole thing, and I'm just like, and you know the darkness of it, and oh, and rah, 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 you know the whole minor key approach to it. I'm like that. That's probably a great speech for California and New York, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe Maryland and Massachusetts. Um, 
maybe Washington, but every place else in the country, the other 45 states, they, I think everybody's like, this speech should be about turning the corner and moving on, buddy. I mean, he, he gave a speech that would have been perfectly appropriate for last September. I'm like, we kid around a lot about the press conferences. I wonder if, you know, one of the real problems of, of the White House and any president, you, you stop talking to normal people. You just totally lose track of, you know, where the country is. He just doesn't seem to have any sense that, dude, you know, warm weather's coming. People are out. Everyone's decided that, you know, this is a disease of old people. And if you're not an old person, you're like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm, well, I'm going to yeah. do and my thing. I mean, and I'm going to be careful. But what it is. Yeah, I'm going to be careful. Right? I'm going to do my thing. But I am not living in a, in a, in a shell anymore, right? Um, I, I was surprised. I was surprised by the speech more than anything else. I got one more uh, in the Biden-O-Rama. And then uh, we can move into uh, – uh, we can segue to what you brought up just now, uh -oh. which is our friends from California New York. So Yay. Here we go. And I want to see if this irked you as much as it irked me. And Probably not. It might. It might. Let's see. Put trust and faith in our government to fulfill its most important function, which is protecting the American people. Yeah. Uh, I, last I checked, that's not what the oath was. Yeah, that's right. The oath is to um, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, not protect the American people against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Is that is that where you're going with that? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, it was a little annoying. I, it it I've taken the oath myself a couple of times. I'm I'm keenly aware of it. It I, I'm illuminated that he he chose to phrase it that way, right? Trust the government to do. X, right? Fill in the blank. Because we've been asking this in surveys for years and years and years. It almost doesn't matter what comes as the rest of the sentence. People are like, no. You know, I could ask people, hey, do you trust the government to, you know, do this, that, or the other thing? And 85% of people come back and go, no, not really. Not. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think this ends well, but hopefully not too much damage gets done in the interim. So, um, okay, so <clears throat> update. <laughs> Cuomo update. <laughs> We're looking and, and pretty this smart. This is a tale of two. Uh, of, of of it's interesting that in one example they are not rallying around their governor, and in another example they are rallying around their governor. Senator Schumer, Gildebrand, and almost the entire House delegation. Yeah, a big chunk of them. Right, this they, was New York Post. Um, they rolled over on Thursday. Which, by right? the way, you've got to love. I love the New York Post. The New York Post yeah, on this. New York Post, New York's two Democratic congressional leaders, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Kristen Gillibrand. 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 It's a soft G. Yeah, soft G. Sorry. On Friday, finally a ask called. Al, ask Al Franken. He'll, he'll have a good idea. Yeah. Finally called on embattled Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign over mounting sexual harassment accusations. The two put out a damning joint statement saying Cuomo has, quote, lost the confidence to govern. Confronting and overcoming the COVID crisis requires sure and steady leadership. We, can br we commend the brave actions of the individuals who have come forward with serious allegations of abuse and misconduct. Shuren Gillibrand said, due to the multiple credible sexual harassment and misconduct allegations, it is clear that Governor Cuomo has lost the confidence of his governing partners and the people of New York. Governor Cuomo should resign. Yeah. Okay. First off, there's two things about this that I think are noteworthy. First off, I welcome Senators Schumer and Gillibrand 
Um, we said this uh, two weeks ago, um, so I'm glad they finally caught up with us. It only took them two weeks. Um, and then the second thing I thought was interesting was it was the seven claims, accusations, however you want to characterize it, of sexual harassment that um, finally convinced them to do something. Yeah, not the fact that... Not the actual dead people in nursing homes. Yeah. So, um, as always, um, what a society says is instructive as to what it thinks, right? Schumer couldn't... Maybe I should be careful about this. Senator Schumer, Senator Gillibrand, didn't seem to give a... They any any concern? Con- they 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 made no comments on. Nor has the White House about about the dead people. Right. Um, but the fact that you know, sixty um, three year old creeper there, um, you know, creeped on people. That's that's out of that's out of that's out of touch. And there's a reason why, you know, Joe Biden has been like, well, let's let the process go. I was, I was actually going to bring that up because the Post also ran a piece that said, "What's the deal? Why does Biden get a free pass for all of this?" Yeah. And, and Governor Creeper doesn't get a pass because basically there's plenty of evidence that Biden's a creeper also. But that's not why I brought this up. I brought this up because Cuomo is refusing to bow to the mob. I, I We and predicted last week we predicted a month. We got three weeks left. No way he makes three weeks. I understand. No way. I, and I love the viral photo going around of him and his blanket. And the blanket. And you can't tell me that's not the <laughs> weirdest the thing horn. ever. Like, What's with the blanket? Like, what is that all about? What in the world with the blanket, dude? Put a coat on. And a little more irony, this morning, uh, CBC Radio Canada uh, <laughs> news uh, network. You got you to gotta, you, you gotta limit your... Well, take I mean, media. I could have found it anywhere, but this, this is just media. as good as everywhere. But as New York Governor Andrew Cuomo tried to return to the business of governing Monday, one of his sexual harassment accusers met via Zoom for more than four hours with investigators working for the state attorney general's office. Yeah. During the interview, Charlotte Bennett revealed new details about Cuomo's behavior. And what she said was a, quote, unquote, sexually hostile work environment. According to her lawyer, including a claim the governor frequently made suggestive remarks about the size of his hands. Quote, unquote, one piece of new information that came to light today was the governor's preoccupation with his hand size and what the large size of his hands indicated to Charlotte and other members of his staff. Unquote, her lawyer, Deborah Katz, said in a statement. Name sound familiar? I can't place it. Blasey's lawyer. Oh, <laughs> well, well. And a known Democrat activist. Yeah, man. They, they, you know, I, I revolutions get to be like this, right? Um, you know, the, the guillotine comes around for everybody eventually. Um, I, I, I feel bad for the ladies involved. I really do because this can't be any fun. This must be terrible. Um, but he's a creeper. Yeah, and, and also the the fact that the. The juxtaposition about hand size he, yeah. and our former president, who no one actually says his name. I don't know if you know this. He has become Voldemort. Yeah, I get it. Um, and and also like Bush and Obama, and they even dragged Carter out for a pro vaccine. I saw that for a pro vaccine promo, and nowhere to be found is 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 Donald Trump. Yeah, I get so. it. It's actually smart on the part of the part of the Biden crew, right? You might be facing this guy in three years across across a field. You don't want to, you don't want to give him any kind of air. Oh, if you can I avoid get it. it. 
I get it. It's I just a, thought that the, it, the choice of attorney was interesting. interesting. I would do it too. I mean, I think I assume the theory here is you run him out and then you sue him. Not that you not that you anticipate anything is going to happen. And and I uh, I guess who runs if he resigns? De Blasio. <laughs> Wilhelm. Yeah, yeah. Wilhelm is probably the now the second least popular politician in New York. So he's pretty I mean, excited. It really gives, the Republicans do have a chance here. There's two people in the Republican Party. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Two people in the Republican Party in New York who could win statewide right this second. At least Stefanik is one. Lee Zeldin is the other. Yeah. Let me just say one other thing. About, I don't mind at least Stefanik. Let me say one other thing about Lee Zeldin really quick. I can't believe he's given an interview to Politico, but wouldn't like has not yet consented to give one to me. What about coming on the podcast? Bad, bad judgment. We need to get him. We on should here. definitely get him on here. That's a good idea. <clears throat> All right, moving to the West Coast. <laughs> moving to the other problem from the Wall Street Journal today. Newsom gets help from party bigwigs. Yikes. Did they, did they recall, actually use the word bigwig? Yeah. A possible <laughs> recall appears to have enough signatures to qualify for the ballot. Prominent national Democrats have joined a new effort to fend off a possible recall. California Governor Gavin Newsom that now appears to have enough signatures to qualify for the ballot. Fend off a recall. Recall's happening. Come on. Senators man. Warren, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, and Alex Padilla, the newest U.S. Senator from California, all announced their backing of the anti-recall campaign Monday. They were joined by former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams and California congressional reps Katie Porter and Ro Khanna. The group portrayed recall proponents as coming from the furthest edges of the Republican Party, a strategy True. designed True. to appeal to a state electorate that backed President Biden last year with 63.5% of the vote. Right-wing Republicans in California are trying to recall Gavin Newsom for the crime of telling people to wear masks and for and for listening to scientists during COVID, Mr. Sanders said in a statement released by yeah, Recall I mean, Votes. Here's some numbers, and then I'll let you... Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. This, this is tremendously interesting stuff. In a poll released last month by the Nonpartisan Institute of Governmental Studies at UC Berkeley, 46% of registered voters said they approved of the job Mr. Newsom was doing. A sharp drop from his 64% approval rating in September. About half of voters surveyed said a recall election would be a bad thing for the state, and 45% said they would vote to keep Mr. Newsom, while 36 said they would vote to remove him. Previously, Newsom declined to even acknowledge the effort, but in public statements on Monday, he addressed it directly. I won't be distracted by this partisan Republican recall. But I will fight it, he tweeted. Uh, they have well over 2 million signatures, so they've got plenty of wiggle room to meet the $1.5 million threshold. It's on. Yeah, I was going to say that. they um, A couple of terribly interesting things, right? One is, one is there's other survey data that suggests that he's actually in a deeper ditch than than that right but still that if that is if you're if you're if you're a two termer and you're looking at 45% you're you're in trouble your base right? the, you know without having done any work that's the, right the, the what it tells recall you, is at 36% what it, what it tells, in California what it tells you is you are vulnerable if somebody shows up with a candidate if somebody shows up with a candidate you're vulnerable that's thing one thing two is that's just a hell of a lot of high-powered artillery for something they're not worried about. Yeah, I mean, they're exactly. calling everybody out. Um, 
you know, if you if they if they were really not worried, um, they would not worry. Um, and then the other thing is this this whole you know the characterization of it, as we're recalling, you know, the recall the recall effort was is you know right wing Republicans and blah 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 and all that other hoorah. Um, you know, you and I both know if if the recall effort was a Republicanism in a different dress in California. It wouldn't have worked because the Republicans can't do anything in California, right? Um, it is a fairly broad-based referendum, rolling referendum on the lockdown and Gavin Newsom's hypocrisy therein, right? It's going to be epic. I am so looking forward to this. There's nothing better than a statewide mess in California. We got a statewide mess in California. And, yes, you know, we do. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy either. The other thing is, and this is something I don't think people have talked about, right? The the poll was like, hey, since September, it's been a fall off, right? Since the boss has been gone, there's a great big giant vacuum in American politics, yes, right? Yes, there is. There's a great big giant news hole in American politics, and it has to be filled with something because all these journalists and editors get paid to write something. And I think what we're learning is. Um, it's not good. It's not unalloyed good for the Democrats, right? Cuomo, I'm convinced that if the president had won re-election, this thing would not be happening with Cuomo. Of course, you know it would be it would be Trump all the time, you know, and and people in Albany would be, hey, 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 notice us, notice I us, actually, and no one would care. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Jack reinstated his Twitter feed at some point. Yeah, man. Just to just to just to get some get some news <laughs> yeah, into the mix. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to give him his his horn again, right? So I don't get why they haven't started a couple of dummy accounts and just run them. I mean, this is, you know, this is not spycraft, right? You just just or pick up Scavino's account, tweet tweet off that. What are they going to do? Ban yeah. Scavino? You go to the next guy. You go to the next guy. You go to the next guy. Um, okay. Speaking of of the media and of Trump, yeah. Two months ago, the Washington Post reported that then-President Trump called up a Georgia election official and ordered them to, quote-unquote, find the fraud. The paper just issued a correction. Yeah. Go ahead. You going to read it? Uh, No, I can can hold back. that's no, well, the no, the well, it wasn't it wasn't just a correction like, hey, we got the date wrong. It's like, hey, we got pretty much every material fact in that story wrong. And the interesting thing about it was they they issued a correction. Yeah. And what they should have issued was a retraction. Yeah. Okay. I mention this only because the New York Times did the same kind of thing with the 1619 project where they issued, I want to say, four separate sets of corrections on stuff that, the, that had been written on the 1619 project. But they never actually retracted any of the stories. This is getting to be a trend in journalism, and it's bad. It's a bad trend because what it means is you're just like, hey, we're just going to correct the record, and we're never going to actually retract a story. No matter how wrong we were, that story is going to stay in place. Um, important in a digital world, right? To my friends in the media who are listening, if you want to be taken seriously, um, if you want to be considered a serious person, you have to at least try to be accurate occasionally. And when you've made a mistake, you have to acknowledge it and retract the story, not correct. Sorry. No, I mean, it, it 
I was I was this, su- this is I was surprised that the post didn't retract the story. I really was because the correction was substantial. Yeah. So I, I just I mean there's and, and just it, and it wasn't a story about you know it wasn't a wedding notice. It was you know it was a pretty important story. It was the basis by which uh, the house managers. Yeah, man. Drummed up the second impeachment yeah, charges. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, so I, it's 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 terrible. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, this one is from The Hill. Biden administration puts muscle into implementation of relief package. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get through it, huh? Um, President Biden on Monday appointed Gene Sperling. Yeah, man. Who served as director of the NEC under former President Obama and Clinton to oversee the implementation of the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. Another czar in the White House. Yeah, I have to. I mean, how many more of these people? Like, do they just need, they I don't need understand to refresh that. their contacts? I guess. I don't They're under- bored? What I mean, uh, you know, Gene I, Sperling, for God's sake. You know, I, it's funny. I, I had the same thought. I, I, I saw that the other day and I was like, it, why do you need somebody to do this? This is a fairly straightforward OMB treasury type deal, right? It's I done. mean, he's just right. Like you send it to some schlep, right? You, know? you send you send your money out, and that's this- that, right? It's, it's, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're treasury, you send out your you send out your guidance for the tax credits, and I mean, it's. The United States government's done this before, right? Not at, not at this scale, but it's done it before. It's not like a brand new thing. Why you need Gene Sperling in there to help? And then the other thing I thought, and this is kind of sad, you know, Gene Sperling had a good job in the Clinton administration, and he had the same job in the Obama administration. When he had the job in the Clinton administration, he was kind of a boy wonder. He was like 38 or whatever he was, and, you know, he was impressive and young and the whole bit. And now he's like 60 or whatever he is, right? He's just like an old man. He's going back taking the same crummy job. I'm just like, dude, move on. <laughs> I want to. I want. I want to read a quote and you tell me who, who it came from. Oh no. He will reach out to all of those constituencies and make certain that they have the assistance that they need. And where things go wrong, and they will go wrong. Let's be realistic. When mistakes occur, Gene will be all over it, getting it corrected. Uh, Said former. Senator Kent Conrad. <laughs> what well, the heck Kent, is doesn't this? doesn't 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 Conrad run like a doesn't Conrad run a lobbying firm here in town or or the lobbying practice in a law firm something like that he does something like that right? Biden said Sperling would be a source of constant communication, a source of guidance and support, and above all, a source of accountability for all of us to get the job done. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even understand any of this. How like, can a, how can a guy how can a guy like, who oh, doesn't uh, actually? Yeah, um, Mr. President Obama. Yeah, I, can you slide me in somewhere because I'm kind of itchy to get in. Right. I, I mean, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> You're just like, how can a guy who was appointed by one guy and is going to sit in the old executive office building? Excuse me, the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. How's he going to guarantee accountability? He, he's not in the line. He's just staff. He's not at OMB. He's not at Treasury. He's not anywhere. Like I said, um, Mr. Sperling, uh, you had a nice career in Washington. 
please, <laughs> please go learn how to surf or play the violin or do something else with your life. Stop cycling back in for these increasingly pointless jet gigs. Let me read one more. Just, oh, just, no. just, just the icing on the cake. Which, okay, self-serving quote From number three. Secretary Jen Sakai. Saki? Saki. Sakai. Saki. We got to figure that out at Sakai, some point. Sakai, George Takai, Sa- Jen Sakai. From Saki. press secretary, circle back. Saki. I guess it's Saki. The P is silent. I don't know. Rocky Saki. He will work with the heads of the White House policy councils and key leads at federal agencies so when we can get the funds out the door quickly, maximize its impact, accelerate the work the administration is doing to crush COVID and rescue our economy. The president felt it was important to have a point person who could, of course, pull all of these levers. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I, I've only worked in town for like forty years, so it's it's <laughs> it's hard for me to be surprised at like the ridiculousness. But this thing is way out there. Well, it, I mean, it's so ridiculous. It it almost doesn't bear comment because you know how it's going to go. You know, we've talked about this before on this show. Cabinet secretaries are ultimately going to start pushing back on this stuff from the White House, and to have yet another. Um, how to say this retread, um, you know, that they got to climb over. This is not going to go well. This is not right. Cause all these assistant secretaries at treasury um, who are going to be actually in charge of doing this stuff, they probably have it in their heads that they're in charge and they're going to be really pissed off when they finds out that they're not in charge and they got to sit through a bunch of zoom meetings with Gene Sperling, you know, telling <laughs> them, you know, I don't have anything against Gene Sperling. I don't have anything about Gene just, Sperling either. He's such a comedy. To he's me, such like, a one thing. Like, He's such a Washington guy, man. I, but you got to know, they're going to sit in the Zoom meetings where Gene's going to be like, you know, back in the Clinton administration, we did it this way. And back in Ott 4 or 6, six. Or whatever. You know, you're just like, you know, back before the trolley came up Pennsylvania Avenue, we used to do it this way. It's move on. Yes. Move along. Get a different gig. It's, it, it, there's 7 billion people on this planet. You know, surely you must be able to find something better to do with your time than be the point person to accelerate and envision and blah, 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 and whatever else Circlebacks was saying. Circleback. It's bad. All right. I have another one for you. This is from Bloomberg. Uh AFL-CIO's Trumka demands cutoff of solar products from Xinjiang. Yeah, man. The the leader of the AFL-CIO demands that the Biden administration and Congress, very specific, cut off imports of solar energy products from China's Xinjiang region. The letter from the Labor Federation's president, Richard Trumka, was addressed to Jake Sullivan, NSA. Trumka signaled out products that, quote, unquote, contain polysilicon made with forced labor. Yeah. Trumka trumps Biden. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, you, you, this is... the. This is a nice little box that he's put him in, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's 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 bad enough. Um, Jason Bordoff over at the Columbia, whatever. Yeah, I just rolled my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wrote an interesting thing the other day about America needs a green industrial policy. Basically, Bordoff, um, who I have mixed feelings about, but I think is pretty smart, um, sees this coming, and he's like, "We have got to." be able to build all this stuff in America or it's never going to work. I agree. 
The only tricky thing about that is you are not going to be able to decarbonize the electricity sector by 2035 and build your industrial capacity to do so in the next 10 years. Well, they, I mean, they could completely eviscerate NEPA. Yeah. If they wanted yeah. to, to, to give it a good old college try. I, I, you know, we don't mine stuff in this country anymore. Newsflash, guys. No new mines. Nobody tolerates new mines anywhere. Um, These products must have no place in our efforts to fight climate change, Trump has said. Yeah, he's His right. His letter sent on Monday carries considerable weight because the support of the Labor Federation and other unions helped propel Joe Biden to victory. Yeah. I, I you know, say what you want about the labor guys. Um they know how to negotiate. They understand when they have leverage. They understand how to get more leverage. And they, you know, they don't care. It's like Gordon Gecko. They don't care about this 2035. The value of information. Yeah. How to get it. How to use it. They, they don't care about this 2035. <laughs> they don't care about 2050. They don't care about any of this stuff. They care about jobs and, and wages. The region's outside role in the global solar energy product supply chain and convincing <laughs> evidence of systemic forced labor in the Uyghurs region's solar production demands immediate focused action, Trumpka said in the three-page letter. Yeah. The guy who runs the energy vertical for – the guy who runs the energy environment vertical for AFL-CIO um, actually helped us a lot during transition in 2016 and 2017. He's the brains behind this, right? And I'm sure he'd rather his name remain out of this particular podcast. But <laughs> I, along with many, many others, I'm yeah, sure. But but he's he's the guy, right? Um, it's a brilliant stroke, well timed, right? Right after the stimulus, right after the stimulus, right before the big, right before, it, right, exactly, the big Earth Day confab. Well, also up. forget that before climate and infrastructure legislation, yeah. he just drops his stink bomb in the middle of the room, right? Oh hey, yeah, we, we're not going to play along like with these commies. It's great. You know, the only thing I, the only thing that bothers me about it, uh, not bothers me, the only way in which it's deficient, um, and it could be that my column this week um, on Thursday is going to, is going to um, elaborate on this. And it's also going to mention the American Energy Alliance, by the way. Everyone's focused on the slave labor in Xinjiang, right? I mean, we call it forced labor. By that, we mean slave labor. China's a malignant force in this planet, on this planet in a whole host of ways, in a whole host of ways. Um, um, and and I, I think it's time we, we start to add on to our critiques, right? It's not just slave labor. It's what they're doing to the Catholic Church. It's what they're doing to Hong Kong. It's Taiwan living under fear. It's the um, territorial aggression well, I mean, in the South China yeah, Sea. It's an endless list. Right. right? It's, it's, the, it's right. theft of IP. Right. It's right. It's big, and and we we um, we focus in on the Xinjiang thing, and it's appropriate that we do, but we should be talking about everything else too. Also, the fact that their big their big new plan, their big newest five year plan, is calls for a, a regional competition to see who can blow out their economies the fastest, and that includes gobbling up massive amounts of coal fired electricity power. I I, I have to be honest media, with you. This media is like, oh my God, China, the savior. They came. I have this to be honest with you. Climate plan. This was what three months ago, four months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's lots of reasons not to like um, Chinese communists, and I probably don't like them for all those reasons. But one thing you got to like them for, they have no respect for Weakness. climate envoy John Kerry. You know, he is running around, oh, we should do this and we should do that and we should do this other thing. And the most recent five-year plan, 
like doesn't mention it at all. It's like, yeah, we, we'll do some Paris pledge, 2060, whenever we get around to it. You boys should all go to hell. Um, the administration's ultimately going to have to choose which do they care more about, um, their self-respect and their sense of morality or um, climate change and trying to, you know, can they, can they look the other way while China does its thing? And I just don't think they can. Yeah, I, there was an article in um, Politico from our friend Zach. Zach Coleman. Carry to Wall Street. Put your money behind your climate PR. <laughs> yeah. Climate envoy John Kerry is prodding major U.S. banks privately to announce commitments for climate-friendly finance. As part of the administration's climate change policy rollout at President Biden's Earth Day Summit next month. According to people familiar with the conversations. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is, is that is that um, Zach Coleman is a reporter, by the way, over at Politico, and he's a good reporter. Um, he just got engaged. So congratulations, Zach. Congrats, brother. Um, he's got a very clear eye view of this whole climate thing, right? He he looks at the world the same way I look at the world. He's like, we're eventually going to have to decide um, climate change or China. We're not going to be able to, to do something about both. And um, I don't know what Zach thinks. I know what I think. Um, but he's... Uh, I don't want to say alone among reporters, but among most of our reporter friends, him, um, Jen Deloy over at Bloomberg, right? She's she's similarly um, um, tracking, right? But a lot of the reporters, especially the trade guys, the any you know the energy and environment trade guys, they're terrible about it. They just like, hey, China's going to help us. It's <laughs> not going to help us at all, you big dummies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I also think it's hilarious. It's like. John Kerry oh. got so much grub. Like, <laughs> just like who thinks this guy has any? He's a perpetual loser. I mean, he's he's everything he touches. That's not true. Okay, I'm sorry. Correct me. He, he married well, twice. He married well twice. He married up into money twice. Once to a little money. The second time <sighs> to a lot of money. Okay, so. Hey, I'm not counting that, but you should count it. No, look, I just see him. Like, Hello, Jamie. This is John. Yes. <laughs> the thing that struck me about Senator Kerry, Secretary Kerry, Envoy Kerry, he, he's he's getting up there. He's a little more frail than I remember him. He's a little more frail. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure like if he has the if he has the native energy to bring this thing home. Okay, I got another one here. Uh, this is from the Detroit News. Detroit News. Dingle to propose $4.5 billion annually for electrification infrastructure. Congress would invest $4.5 billion annually in electrifying the transportation sector over the next several years. Under a bill, Rep. Debbie Dingle plans to introduce. The money could be used for installing electric vehicle charging equipment, developing medium and heavy-duty vehicle chargers, implementing battery recycling projects, Retooling manufacturing facilities that have stopped production or would otherwise stop production soon and other projects, according to a draft seen by the Detroit News, projects paying laborers prevailing wage would be prioritized. Everybody's talking about electric vehicles being the vehicles of the future and manufacturers under the Biden administration are changing their production lines to meet that. But we don't have the infrastructure in this country, Dingle said. So therefore, we need the government to spend $4.5 billion a year of our taxpayer money 
to do it. Yeah, man, it's sweeping the country. Everybody's in favor of it. Nobody, just nobody wants to pay for it. So that's why we're gonna take your tax money and pay for it because it's such a popular idea. It. I think I've been through these numbers before, but let me just go through them once, one, one more time because they're they're informative, right? Numbers sometimes help things, help you think about things. In California, right, they they think they need like a 1.3 million charging stations by 2035. I think is their target, or maybe 2030 even. Um, in a report that CARB, I, I, I assume CARB meant to come out, um, they have 67,000 now, and they got about another 40,000 up on the board, right? Another 40,000, 50,000 planned. In other words, what I'm telling you is they have about 5% of what they think they need built, built. And they have another maybe 3 or 4% on, on the way, right? Leaving them only 90% short. And that's California. Okay, that's, but it, you know it. 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 it just, none of this. Doing, like, okay, let me interrupt you for a second. Go, go ahead. You keep doing this. You keep <laughs> splashing all this, like this. These. It's cold reality, water. It's this, cold water. It's on like it. We're about aspirations. We're here to to jumpstart this this green transition and and you just sit around and you throw cold water all over okay. over my dreams okay you know the funny thing about this debbie dingle thing the thing that kind of cracks me up a little bit is i do miss i do miss Johnny? john dingle i can't believe i'm saying this i don't miss I john dingle battle him i don't miss john dingle. i've testified in front of john dingle i don't miss him at all he's a bully and he was a bully he was a professional politician um you know it it anyway um ITC, right, which is an independent transmission company out in, in Michigan, right, um, filed with FERC a, a petition, I'm guessing six months ago now, maybe four months ago, um, to allow them to set up EV chargers, right, which would get um, charged um, directly, you know, which get electricity directly off the grid, right, and, and ITC would build the, um, the transmission lines, right? Um, private sector doing her thing, right? Making an assessment about, hey, we think we think there's enough market here to justify this, right? Detroit Edison objected, right? Because they weren't building the lines and FERC has been sitting on the petition for four or five months, whatever it's been. If Debbie Dingle was serious about getting chargers built, she should have thought about maybe doing something along the ITC lines, not throwing government money at it, but just getting government out of the way and letting the private sector build what it thinks it it, it can actually like sustain. Um, it nobody's ever going to read about that other part of the story, but that's the case, right? Is that there's 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 probably some market there, not four and a half billion, obviously, since nobody since nobody is willing to invest four and a half just, billion. I mean, we have literally jumped the shark in this country. Like we, the government is now the the big. Big business is now looking at the government as their as their primary customer. Yeah, you know the thing is, it is, that, an, it is a big business, big government, big labor. Yeah, eventually, sort of, you know. Yeah, and and I mean, you see the problem with that. You see the problem with that with the Trumpka thing, right? At different points, everybody has different leverage over different people, and as a practical matter, that means nothing gets done. And that's why, that's why socialist regimes wind up so sclerotic. Because nothing can get done. Um, good news is, at some point, the Republicans are going to take control of the government back. And then, you know, guys like Paul Ryan can be in charge of <laughs> managing the big business, big labor, big government 
since I brought up the dean, um, I want I do want to play my absolute favorite line from from John Dingle of all time. Yes, I think you know it. I've played it many many times here at the American Energy Alliance. Here it is, at one of his last congressional hearings before he retired on the issue of the regulation of CO2. Like most members on this committee, I think the Supreme Court came up with a very much erroneous decision on whether the Clean Air Act covers greenhouse gases. Like many of the members of this committee, I was present when we wrote that legislation. And we thought it was clear enough that it did not, and we didn't clarify it, thinking that even the Supreme Court was not stupid enough to make that finding. <laughs> yeah. Now, one clarification there. Um, since that hearing, it is no longer the case that many members of the committee yeah. were present in well, the writing of the Clean Air Act. I mean, how many guys are left over from the 90, uh, from the 90 amendments? Don Young. Me. <laughs> me don young that maybe one or two others it's... maybe rosa deloro she's been around for a while um yeah i i want to say that everybody that i'm familiar with who worked on the 90 amendments is is no longer working on that janet santa over at narc she was she was around for the 90 amendments um it's pretty it's pretty spare bunch right where the, the reunion's getting smaller and smaller as we're going you know john was right that doesn't mean I like him any better. Nah, I know, but it was just a great <laughs> line. Kid. I didn't, we didn't think that even the Supreme, the Supreme Court, Court was so stupid. Uh, you know, he he when he when he had you testify, especially in subcommittee, he would not sit up on the on the great big giant dais when he wanted to to scare you a little bit. He'd come down and take the seat in front of you, right? Whoever the junior member was in front of the actual witness big table. John. Yeah, he'd sit in front of you, like you know. Maybe four feet away, maybe four or five feet away, and he would just like zero in on you. He's like, "I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I want you to, for each one just tell me yes or no. And if you veer it off the yes or no, he's like, again, yes or no's please. You know, he 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 was like I said, he was a bully. I wanted to punch him in the nose. <laughs> so uh, finish up that story about his uh, the new Dingle, Debbie Dingle, the wife of. Uh, she hopes that this legislation will make it into the big infrastructure. I'm sure package. it will. That is a segue because I know you wanted to chat a little bit about about that. Yeah, just a little bit about it. I mean, we're heading towards something—a highway bill between two and, um, you know, four billion dollars, which is anywhere from three to six times the size of what a highway bill should be nowadays. Um, those are chump. Those are chump change numbers nowadays. Oh my god! When you said it, I was like, that doesn't seem like a lot. Doesn't seem like a lot. Two trillion. What the hell? I was barely just walking around money. Um, we're heading towards reconciliation on it and on the tax increase that's coming with it. And I've already had people say, well, you know, you can't, you can't increase social security taxes on reconciliation. No, but you can take exclusions out. And reconciliation. And truthfully, you can do any damn thing you really want on reconciliation if you're willing to vote against the parliamentarian. Yeah, and, and um, already there was a hot like moment where Durbin oh, yeah. leaned Dur over to no, ben, Pothole Pete. Ben Card. Oh, was it Cardin? It was Ben yeah, Card, yeah. And Cardin it, leaned over to Pothole Pete. Yeah, this whole like seeking yeah. bipartisan support thing. That's nonsense. Dance. We're going to, we're going to reconciliation. We're going to reconciliation. We've we, we got this whole thing wired now. We are going to drop the bomb, the spending bomb. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, the only question is, is, is 
is Kirsten Cinema going to stop him or not? Because we know Joe Manchin isn't going to stop him. So I burn a whole paragraph in this monthly note where I was like, hey, man, if you if anybody learned anything at all from the stimulus, it's Joe Manchin's never going to be that guy. Never going to be that guy. So stop. let's stop pretending he's going to be that guy because it's just embarrassing. It really is just embarrassing. And, you know, Cinema. She's the one who she's the one who actually is going to run the Senate, which truthfully makes me feel a lot better, a lot better. Yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised so far. Uh, I noticed that she uh, pulled a McCain and did a thumbs down on the uh, minimum. Yeah, man. The only thing I don't know is why she didn't like you know um, blow up the whole package. My guess is she wasn't ready for it, but yeah. she'll be ready for it this time around. Um, I got one other thing before we close up. Yep. I assume you're heading towards closing up. Yeah, I think we've talked. Yeah. About that. So the prosecutors dropped two, uh, dropped charges on two guys, uh, um, imposed charges on two guys associated with the attack on Officer Sicknick in the Capitol. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What they managed to get him was uh, what they what they what they they dropped nine charges on. They imposed nine charges on both of them. Um, the most egregious charge was assaulting an officer. Um, I'm assuming that that sort of is going to bring this this part of the festivities to a close. We've now had about 300 people um, arrested and charged, a little bit north of that. Um, that's the most egregious charge out there. Yeah, well, the the wall is still up until at least May because oh, of mall, continued the, threats. Yeah, the wall will be there forever. I only mention it. I only mention it because, to the best of my knowledge, um, no one has been uh, yet charged. Arrested or charged with treason, or or um, yeah, or insurrection. Even though insurrection doesn't exist in the code, right? Um, or or murder, or in attempt to commit murder, or any you know the the a number the a list felonies are um, if they're there they're hiding pretty well, right? Um, assaulting an officer is I think a b list felony. Um, it's it's. We need to recalibrate what happened on January 6th in light of and the actual fit, charges. I'm sorry. That does not fit the narrative, and the narrative is the narrative. The and narrative the is the narrative. But the facts are the facts. happy to, to, to sing the chorus. Uh, it's literally like they're fed a song sheet from, uh, from the Democrats. I'm willing to predict now that um, most of the 300 are going to get – they're going to plead out to misdemeanors, and we're going to have – in all, fewer than fifty felony counts that get um, that get found guilty or that get pled to guilty. Like I said, it's time to it's time to start to think carefully about what happened in January sixth um, instead of instead of reacting emotionally. Okay, one more thing, just to close it out, um, because we always need to hear from Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> he always uh, is good for sound science-based advice uh, advice and recommendations even if it completely contradicts what he said that which he said in a previous <laughs> interview a with a guy named chuck in the famous words of phil kirpin he's going to say everything about everything in terms of cdc guidance as you know the guidance for social distancing for how far people should be there's a there's a discrepancy some places some health organizations say three feet or a meter is enough but here in the United States, we say right. six feet. There's this new study from researchers in Massachusetts just out this week. It found no significant difference in coronavirus spreading in schools 
where there was six feet of distancing versus three feet of distancing. But that six foot requirement, that's one of the main hurdles to reopening schools. Right. Does this study suggest right. to you that and three feet is good enough? It does indeed. And that's exactly the point I'm making, Chuck. What the CDC wants to do is they want to accumulate data. And when the data shows that there is an ability to be three feet, they will act accordingly. They have clearly noted those data. They are, in fact, doing studies themselves. And when the data are just analyzed, and it's going to be soon. I mean, Jake, you're asking the right questions. And the CDC is very well aware that data are accumulating, making it look more like three feet are okay under certain circumstances. They're analyzing that, and I can assure you within a reasonable period of time, quite reasonable, they will be giving guidelines according to the data that they have. So any uh, mayors won't be very long, any, I promise you. Any mayors or governors or school uh, district heads listening right now, if they hear you right now and they say, well, it sounds like Dr. Fauci thinks three feet is good enough, that will enable us to open our school, that's, that's right? Well, Jake, I don't want to get ahead of, of official guidelines. I can tell you and promise you, I talk to the CDC, to Dr. Walensky every single day. She is acutely aware of the accumulation of data and the fact that her team will be acting on the data the way they always do. Right. Just stay tuned. It's going to come and it's going to come soon. Oh, oh, I just, I, I'm so exhausted. I think it's great. They, I, you know, the I, media I, is finally like, okay, so can you tell us X? It's just like the exercise no. with with the teachers going back, no. not needing to be vaccinated. And they never answer the question. They First of all, is 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 it data is or data? Data are. Data are. are. You had it right. You had okay. it right. The, the, the bigger question is, is what if it is three feet? <sighs> It, what if it is three? If it's three feet, all of this stuff has been for not all, but a, a significant chunk of this stuff has been pointless. What, what part and, of this? And, and who do we go? If you look at the numbers, if you look at the numbers anywhere, no matter yeah. what mitigation yeah. is done, the pattern is it's roughly the same, the same yeah, everywhere. So it, if, the answer to your question is, is that it already is. I know, but what happens if CDC comes out and says that ah, three feet's okay? Uh, who would listen? People who listen, would listen? Who would listen? Listening. Not even this time. I'm thinking about next time. Who's going to listen to these guys next time? I mean, they are burning through their credibility like there's no tomorrow. And you know, Dr. Fauci, Regis High School, class of '58. Um, you know, he, as Phil Kirpin said, he's on every side of all questions just to make sure he's never can no, get bent down. But but to ensure that you never get an answer, that's the other yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a great politician. He's a great politician. He always maintains his optionality. It's the best. The best. Now's when you say goodnight. <laughs> well, all I can say is in Fauci we trust. <laughs> and and goodnight, Debbie. Whoever you whoever are. you are and wherever <laughs> you might be. <laughs> whatever Joe was dreaming, whatever I, Debbie Joe was dreaming I, about, I, thank you for all your service. <laughs> That's around, everybody. Good night. Good night.